Hello and welcome to the Weekly Watch podcast series. I'm Jim McCormick, Global Head of Desk Strategy at NatWest Markets. This series helps you cut through the noise in global financial markets with a quick take on the upcoming trends to watch. The low return environment we've been speaking about for the past two months was again on display last week. Since the start of September, the S&P 500 has fallen 10%. It's since recovered 9% and is now about 3% below its record high. This is clearly not a disaster, but it is the longest period of consolidation that we've seen in risk assets since the recovery began in March. There have been many obstacles, but we think the main one has been the U.S. election. And to be honest, we don't see any big new macro trends developing until the election result is known. Uh, We know that all the polls point to a Democratic sweep, and the Democrats did make further progress in the polling data over the past week. But markets are reluctant to price that outcome, in part because of the experience with polling back in the 2016 election, but also because the market implications of a Democratic sweep versus a split Congress are vastly different. With the election now just 15 days away, I wanted to focus on five themes that we thought would be relevant once the election is behind us. Firstly, in terms of the election itself, a Democratic sweep, if confirmed, would point to us to a significant new stage of U.S. dollar curve steepening. I get a lot of pushback from clients on curve steepening, mainly because the Fed funds rate is likely to stay anchored uh, at zero for a long period of time. This is certainly true, but it's also true that long-end term premia are close to record lows. And in a world where budget deficits are hitting new record highs, inflation uncertainty is picking up, and the value of fixed income as a macro hedge is in question, record low term premia make little sense to us. The second theme is we think the Asian currency rally has a long way to run, Uh, despite worries last week that Asian central banks would resist further currency strength, our bullish Asian currency basket ended the week at a new cycle high. We start this week with further upside momentum as markets took positives from China's Q3 GDP data. While the headline figure was below expectations, China's GDP is still 3.5% above end 2019 levels. There's really no other country anywhere near that. Meanwhile, the September data were quite strong, led by retail sales, which shows you the household recovery in China is gathering momentum. The third theme is even though there is some reason to worry about European growth, we feel the level of negative sentiment that's been building up in recent weeks looks a little bit overdone. The main concern is clearly the the COVID second wave and the case numbers that we've been seeing are pretty grim. But if you take it into context, mortality rates are still a fraction of the levels that we saw last spring and new lockdown restrictions so far are much more modest. Both these trends can certainly change, but at the moment they remain encouraging. This coming Friday's flash PMI data for October will be a key test of how bad the hit to sentiment has been in Europe. We do expect another drop in services, uh, but we expect stable manufacturing numbers. And it's worth pointing out, uh, hidden in last week's strong China import data for September was the strength of imports from the euro area. Imports from Italy were up nearly 40% year-on-year in September. From Germany, they were up 20% year-on-year. So last week, bond yields did touch their lowest levels since March. We think this is wrong and we remain bearish on German fixed income. As far as the UK is concerned, the market focus remains on the question of whether a Brexit trade deal is reached or not, 
we will remind you that we think that focus is too narrow. To start, any deal struck, if it even happens, is very likely to be fairly bare bones. More to the point, the UK economic outlook remains a worry to us. Last week, we got new IMF forecasts that showed the difficult position the UK is in, despite some of the biggest fiscal spending in the world as a result of the COVID crisis, the UK looks to be getting some of the weakest growth. This mix probably played a part in Moody's decision on Friday to downgrade the UK to AA minus. And if you look at the sovereign rating in the UK since the Brexit vote in 2016, the rating has gone from one of the world's strongest to now in the below average camp. S&P will also be reviewing the UK rating this coming Friday. Finally, we think the case for broader emerging market currency strength is building into 2021. It's been a tough year for emerging market currencies as they've struggled on the back of a combination of massive monetary easing and in many cases fiscal easing. Now that monetary easing cycle looks to be coming to an end, some central banks are starting to increase rates, and more importantly, we think the outlook for growth for emerging markets heading into 2021 is pretty compelling. China's recovery, a democratic sweep in the U.S., and very easy monetary and fiscal policy in most cases are a pretty potent mix. As far as this week, it's a fairly busy one once again. We get 20% of the S&P 500 earnings, 15% of the Eurostock 600 earnings over the week. Uh, A third fiscal package in the U.S. looks to be on the table again, as House Leader Pelosi set a deadline for this coming Tuesday uh, over the weekend. Equities seem to be rallying on this news. We are still skeptical that a deal is possible. Uh, The EU is set to issue its first COVID-related bonds this week. And finally, uh, we do get the final presidential debate uh, this coming Thursday night. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Weekly Watch and please do subscribe to our channel to get future episodes. We also encourage you to explore more of our content on our website and social media channels. Speak to you again soon.